Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. Gospel reading from the 15th chapter of Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred of sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does she not not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost." Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. Well, I can't tell you how many hours, and I do mean hours, how many hours are spent in my house looking for the remote. And often it gets blamed on someone. Fingers are frequently pointed, only to be found later on because some kid neglected to look in the one spot that we told them to look. Uh, I've been away all weekend at, uh, at, for the guard, and sure enough, I came home hoping to to watch some college football last night, and the basement remote is nowhere to be found. Fortunately, though, the, the remote on the main level, which had been missing since Labor Day, miraculously showed up just in time for the Vikings game this afternoon. So rejoice, uh, what had been lost is now found. Uh, what a great biblical theme, though, right? I mean, we sang about this uh, in the first service. We're going to sing it at the end of service, this theme of amazing grace, how sweet the sound was blind, but now I see. But this leads me to the, uh, the question, can you be lost and not even know that you are lost? Uh, I, I, I think you can. I think there can be a time where you are perhaps looking for something and don't even realize that it's right in front of you. Uh, I can't help but share this video with you from this is a gentleman from England who's going to tell us about an experience that he had with a couple of American tourists and a very distinguished and important guest. So let's see if you can actually find something that was lost that you didn't even know was lost. And normally on these picnic sites, you you meet nobody, but there was two hikers coming towards us and the Queen would always stop and say hello. And it was two Americans on a walking holiday. And it was clear from the moment that we first stopped, they hadn't recognized the Queen, which is fine. And the American gentleman was telling the Queen where he came from, where they were going to next and where they'd been to in Britain. And I could see it coming, and sure enough, he said to Her Majesty, and where do you live? (laughs) 
And she said, well, I live in London, but I've got a holiday home just the other side of the hills. <laughs> and he said, well, how often have you been coming up here? Oh, she said, I've been coming up here ever since I was a little girl, so over 80 years. And you could see the clogs thinking. He said, well, if you've been coming up here for 80 years, you must have met the Queen. I and as quick as a flash, says, well, I haven't, but Dickie meets her regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said to me, well, you've met the Queen, what's she like? And because I was with her a long time and I knew I could pull a leg, I said, oh, she can be very cantankerous at times, <laughs> but she's got a lovely sense of humour. Anyway, the next thing I knew, this guy comes round, puts his arm around my shoulder, and before I could see what was happening, he gets his camera, gives it to the Queen, and says, can you take a picture of the two of us? <laughs> Anyway, we swapped places and I took a picture of them with the Queen and we never let on and we waved goodbye and then Her Majesty said to me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows us photographs to the friends in America and hopefully someone tells him who I am. Can you just imagine that? Like how amazing would that be for this guy to go home, pulls out his phone and is like, hey, I want to show you, this, this is somebody that I met who knows the Queen. Can you imagine you're his friend? Like... Can you, can you just imagine trying to break the news to him when he's like scrolling through his pictures and then the next one comes and it's him with this, this lady in her 80s and you're like, brother, you've, you've met the queen. <laughs> She's right there. Oh, sometimes what is lost is really right in front of us. I can't even imagine what that must be like. These parables today really do kind of set a, a similar tone, right? It, it gives us this sense of sometimes like this tourist from America not picking up the signs, not quite realizing what's going on right in front of him. I feel like these parables about being lost and found are very similar. This idea that, no, 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 we're, we're in control. And because we think that, we've missed some obvious cues. Uh, perhaps you've heard the expression uh, or, you know, you think about conversations that Christians have with other people, right? And there's this, this expression that's often said to, to another person if you're trying to get to know them, and, and, and you might hear the expression, have you found Jesus, right? Well, in this particular scenario, uh, Jesus is hiding right over here, right? Jesus isn't playing hide-and-seek. Now, it's an innocent question, but biblic biblically speaking, I wonder if the question shouldn't be, have you found Jesus? But when we notice that somebody's lost or when we notice somebody's like feeling some emptiness, feeling some loneliness, feeling some hurt, maybe the invitation isn't going to be, have you found Jesus? But it's like, can I help you? Can I help you? Have you turned to Jesus? Have you turned to God in those moments where you're feeling those ways? Have you been able to have that relationship with God? Has that been hurt? Build a conversation where that vulnerability can be allowed in it can be an opening because jesus isn't hiding unless he's playing hide and seek in your living room jesus isn't trying to avoid us jesus isn't out there like searching us down jesus knows where we are and so often i think in our lives we have the tendency to maybe put jesus over here oh my relationship with god can wait i, I don't need to do that today I'm, I'm i'm good i just i got too much to do like uh, Lieutenant Colonel Pinky Fisher telling us yesterday, all the chaplains saying, look, you know, stop being so busy and be effective. I, I think that in our heads, we get that way. We get like the lost sheep, the lost coin. And in fact, the story right after these two parables that we just heard, a very famous story, parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. They all build off of each other. 
They're relatable to us. We, we understand this concept. We understand what it means to lose something. And maybe if it's not even the most valuable thing, but we understand how, how off-center we feel if that one thing that we're looking for can't be found. What if that one thing that we're looking for that can't be found is because we haven't been looking and, and we aren't looking for Jesus and Jesus is really right there inviting us in this whole time? When we get that way, I know that there's these like gaps, right? We feel like this emptiness, like this, there's like this something that's missing. And so often, typically, we try to fill that with other things. Other things that are not God-filled, not spirit-filled. So this is when you get greedy or feeling selfish or maybe even moments of loneliness and isolation. This idea of like, oh, I can do this all by myself. I don't need anybody to help me. This feeling of maybe slipping and feeling lost can often lead us to pointing our fingers and blaming others. We might convince ourselves that we don't need someone else to help us, yet I think as we are part of the body of Christ, we are the sheep, we aren't doing this by ourselves. We're surrounded by others. We are surrounded by people who are going to be able to help us when we are feeling those moments, when we do feel lost. But here's the interesting thing, right? So the sheep and the coin, it's not like they've sinned. It's not like they've done anything wrong per se. I mean, they've just... They've become lost. And so it's not as if repentance that's being used in this story, it's not like, now sheep, you got to have some repentance and say all the naughty things that you've done. Or the coin that's like, oh, you bad coin, you can't go getting lost like that. Like, repentance doesn't mean the, the same that it does in other places. In this, in this case, repentance is really about this turning back to God. Like, turn back to God. And notice, in those moments in our life where we feel those vulnerabilities, how much better do we feel when we have actually restored that relationship with God, when we've turned back to God, when we've given ourselves time for, for some quiet, for some spiritual time, for some time to come to church, to be in the presence of other Christians? I think that's a huge key to this story. Jesus is telling us about God's behavior, God our Father, when that lost coin is found, when that lost sheep gets returned to the fold. When that son who went away comes back and God in heaven is rejoicing at those moments. And every time God's throwing this extravagant major party, rejoicing, bringing in all the friends and relatives and neighbors together, saying this is extravagant love. It's way over the top. It's how God behaves. And Jesus is telling us about it. So one of the things that I think this story isn't telling us is that it's our job to be the gatekeepers. It's not our job to say who's in and who's out. It's not our job to say, well, you're not worthy of the grace of God. You're not worthy for the mercy and forgiveness and love of God that I know. You know, too often I think the church bears that label, you know, that, that label of being the judge and the jury. I've had plenty of conversations. I've had that conversation with soldiers. I've had that conversation with my peers had that conversation with random strangers when they find out that I'm a pastor. They quickly want to tell me, oh God, yeah, I, I believe in God, pastor, but uh, you know, I've been hurt by the church and there's no way I'm going to come back. There's a lot of experiences like this. Oh yeah, she was never really one of us. We just let someone go. Or the church saying, why is everybody leaving the church when there's this thought of, well, we're going to kick you. We get you out. Is this really what God envisions for us? Is this really what God is looking for the church to be? I mean, I get it. And it hurts. It hurts to be 
that lost sheep. It hurts to be that one who's been kicked out and excluded. It hurts to be feeling like we want that relationship with God and yet the, the church is not embracing. It can be devastating to feel unwelcomed. It can be devastating to be told that you're welcomed, but then actually not made to feel like you are welcome, like you have to conform to fit in. And I know it's hard. I mean, I try to be aware of this. I know that it's a difficult thing to do. I've had missteps. I've had mistakes. I've had opportunities where I've just blown it. I realize I'm constantly learning. You know, the cartoonist who, who's got a whole series of these, David Hayward, he's used art as a medium to be able to challenge us, to be able to challenge his audience, to use art and illustrations to draw out our own situations. Those moments where we might admit that, wow, that really does call me out, to admit things about ourselves, to feel that challenge, to actually wonder what it's like to be a church that welcomes. You know, too often I, I just hope for comfort and peace. Like, let's not upset things. Let's just kind of keep things steady. Let's like not upset things and, and get people upset. I mean, that's a tendency that we all want. We, we don't like things out of balance. I don't always speak up when someone a brother or a sister isn't feeling included, not part of the fold. And how difficult that is for us. How difficult it is to be unbalanced. So I think there's a deeper meaning to these parables. 99, right? 99, that's an incomplete number. Bring that sheep back in, you're at 100. You're complete. Nine coins, that, that's not going to get you anything. It's going to get you like... A little tiny bit of gas. But 10 cents, you round that thing up, you're at a complete number. The son, the father, and the other brother, you've got this three, this idea of a very holy and spiritual number, this Trinitarian number of the three characters in that prodigal son, a complete number. I think being lost and found is about finding that wholeness and what a challenge that that can be for us. It means that we have to trust that God is going to be there filling in those cracks, those times where we're too afraid to let other people see where we're not quite feeling great about ourselves, those times where we aren't seeing that, you know, maybe God is trying to help me allow some vulnerability. And so when we get lost, like the sheep or the coin or the sun, what do we want to be? We just want to be safe again. We just want to know that we have been saved, that we are in a safe place. You ever notice the national anthem of the United Kingdom? God save the queen. This week it's God save the king. Think about that. That's a statement. It's not an ask. It's not a hope. It's not even a question Will God save the queen? It's a statement of fact. Did God save the queen? Absolutely. Now, just because the queen and me have a different theology and I would have had a conversation with her and I would have been like, well, that's very interesting. I don't maybe quite see it that way if I were, you know, a, a backpacker in England and just so happened to come across this woman and started up a conversation with her, I think theologically it would have been different planes. But sometimes I think we dwell too much on those differences and we don't actually realize that what really does bring us together as Christians is that cross. 
to call out all of the ways that maybe we've been exclusive, to call out all of the ways that we've maybe missed the point, to miss what God's calling us to do. What about Claudia? Did God save Claudia? <laughs> you bet. I mean, this woman in her bones, like, I can promise you this woman knew that Jesus loves her. This beloved woman of faith who shared that faith with so many others. So what about you? God save you? God save those sheep who felt excluded or unwelcomed or hurt? You know, Jesus died and rose again, not just for the queen, not just for Claudia, not just for me. Jesus died and rose again for all of us. So when we're lost, sometimes we just have to open our eyes and realize that Jesus is there. He's not playing hide and seek. He's not hiding behind the curtain. Jesus is right there. But with that comes an invitation, a call, right? This is like why we have our voice. We can help others into the fold. We can see when someone else is hurt. We can see when someone else is feeling some emptiness, when someone isn't at wholeness. And we can encourage them. We can be their friend. We can invite them. We can say, hey, join me. Feeling lost? Guess what? Jesus is here. Invite him into prayer. Invite him into a time. Think about the question of can a sanctuary like this provide actual sanctuary for our brothers and sisters who are feeling lost? So what can we do? How can we do this? How can we maybe get over our own insecurities, our own desires to stay comfortable and then truly act like our Savior and love unconditionally. Sometimes we are so lost, yet what we need is right in front of us. Like the American standing right next to the queen. Jesus has been there this whole time, right here, waiting for us. Rejoice. Brothers and sisters, we have been found like a remote in the Cloudwater house, we have been found again and again and again. And again. Thanks be to God. Jesus has found us. Amen. Amen.